Welcome to HubShots episode 134, Apex number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features and strategies for growing your marketing results. In this episode, we get a bit geeky about investigating some recent HubSpot releases, including some time on page calculations, topic discovery and a few gotchas and a powerful and wonderful piece by Seth Godin. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. Hi, Craig. Really good. Um, uh, a bit tired recording this. I know it's pretty been light one of those on a Wednesday days. night. We're recording this on Wednesday, twenty second of August, and we realised as we were preparing this, by the time this is live, and uh, inbound will be inbound gone. Inbound will be gone. There will be all these cool announcements from inbound. And you'll be stuck with this episode where we're talking about <laughs> just some minor releases, but they're pretty important anyway. They and in are. fact, let's just get straight into it, shall we? That's right. So HubSpot Marketing Feature of the Week, Craig, and this is Topic Discovery, and this is within the Content Strategy Tool. Yeah, look, good and bad. I think the Content Strategy Tool is improving. It is. Um, and I guess if I wanted to sum this up in 20 seconds, it'd be like, it's okay, but I, you know why I think it's limited? It's not the tool. It's the fact the data it pulls from, which I think is Google keyword data. I just think it's that's unreliable. right, and unreliable. And I guess a lot of our Australian listeners would probably find they get lots of US data in there when they're trying to get stuff done. So yeah, uh, when you can switch switch between countries when you're doing it, you uh, can, but you but still get US data. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know what's going on. I just yeah, it doesn't seem that useful. So, so I think point here is it's getting better. And I think you've got to use that in conjunction with other things to kind of build out that. And, you know, again, strategy. where it's aimed at is not people like you and I that use a bunch of different keyword tools and pay a fortune for yes. all of these expensive tools. This is one within HubSpot to get going and get started and guide you. So it's really good for that. Correct. All right. Now, the second one is how HubSpot calculates average time on page. I thought, Why? Here's the answer, and this is why it matters. The old calculation for the average time on page took into account page exits. And this is where we're geeking out on everybody, so keep listening. For any page that had a high exit rate, the average time on page that you would see would be lower than expected as a result. By removing exits from the calculation, you can expect your average time on page to be more accurate and align better with industry standards. If you want to figure out what this all means, actually, in essence, it should mean that your average time page should actually be better. Yeah, it should. I'll, I'll explain it with a very simple contrived example. contrived example. Someone lands on your page, let's say the home page, then they go to a second page, which they leave. Yes. So they've been to two pages in total. Let's say they land on the home page. Oh, yeah, this is good. This is interesting. And they stay there for two minutes. Then they go to the next page and they, oh, this is boring. I'm out of here. That's the exit page. Let's say they stayed there for one second. So previously you'd have like, oh, a total of two minutes and one second between two pages. Average time on page, one minute or one and a one yes, minute. Correct. And one. Yeah. Now they're saying, well, we'll just take the exit page out of the calculation. So effectively you've got, oh, home page, they visited that. They stayed there for two minutes. We'll say, oh, exclude the exit page. So two minutes. Two minutes. Correct. So yeah, it could be, yeah, double. Very well described, Craig. Thank you very much. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot gotchas of the week. This is to do with syncing of leads from Facebook into HubSpot. We had this issue with a account we took over where apparently leads weren't coming in or there was data coming into HubSpot marked as direct traffic, missing first name or surnames, and not everything was there. Basically, it seemed incomplete. Anyway, 
after going backwards and forwards to HubSpot support and people that we know, only to find out that the Facebook page was actually not configured so that all the lead syncing data could actually flow across. And that was the problem. All right. So that's not actually a HubSpot gotcha. That's a it's user a- <laughs> operator or user config gotcha, right? Let that's me give very you, true. Let me give you the flip side of that, which is, and by the way, folks, it actually is a bit of a user experience gotcha in some ways with HubSpot because you connect your Facebook account. And when you connect your Facebook account, it says, oh, which ones do you want to sync? Now, let's say it's, we've been setting this up for a client. So I'm in a client's portal mm. and I connected because we have access to all their Facebook ad accounts and pages and that. And I connected that into their HubSpot account. But actually, because we're connected to so many ad accounts, that's like probably that's 50, right. possibly 100 different accounts, right? There's this massive long list and the interface is the user. Um, is yeah, so, it won't select, scroll. You, yes. It's really hard to select them all. So you can actually, by accident, link what you think is the client's ad account, but suddenly there's all these other ad accounts for other clients that have actually been syncing through to your portal. So that's actually another thing just to check out. When you're connecting your Facebook account to HubSpot, especially for the lead ad sync, just make sure you've only got one account uh, selected because if you're you're an admin on multiple accounts, you could possibly have selected multiple accounts. Yes, and that's actually happened not in the ads part, but in the social part where we have multiple yes. social accounts and people on my team accidentally connecting in the wrong social accounts and yeah. then the auto-publishing going out to... Oh, turn auto-publish off. Yeah, so there's a little tip, right? Turn <laughs> that should off. Off be, be off. I never auto-publish on Facebook social. I know. So oh. we, we're always very careful about this because this is yeah. one of those very... It's like a landmine, really. Yeah. You can step on it and it can blow up very quickly. Yeah. But again, that's a, that's a setup and configuration. Right. It's not really a HubSpot problem, but no. it's just a, a gotcha you can run that's into. Right. Yeah. The next gotcha, Craig, yep. with deal tokens is in email templates, right? Now, just so we don't... So we understand, these are the email templates that are available within your team in sales data and sales professional, right? So these are templates you've set up which you, you want to standardize response to people. So everybody on the team can go, uh, I want this template. You can put personalization tokens in there to, to draw in, you know, contact and company properties. Now you can draw in deal properties as well. Now, why we're highlighting a gotcha here is you can put a deal token in there, but what it actually does, if you've got multiple deals for that contact, it'll just choose the last deal, right? So you might actually not be talking about that particular last deal. It could be the second one in the queue, but it's just going to pull in the last one. So this is the gotcha for people is that you don't have the choices to choose which deal you want to put in there. Yeah, which I think is a bit of a problem. But just thinking through this, I wonder, now that I think it through, I wonder if HubSpot has done their telemetry analysis. Yep. I wonder how many contacts have multiple deals. Quite possible. I wonder because we have... Well, we actually often have multiple deals against the contact. Yeah. So I wonder if that's the norm. Because I'm thinking if multiple deals against it, the contact, it's like, man, this is useless. This correct. is not going to work. But if the norm is they only have one deal per contact, maybe that's by far the majority. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, maybe it is and maybe like, that yeah. is suiting the majority in yeah. solving a problem. Yeah. Solve for the problem, Craig. We haven't spoken about that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. And this is an article on BuzzFeed news 
And it says Facebook is removing more than 5,000 ad targeting options to prevent discrimination. So advertisers will no longer be able to hide their ads from people interested in things like Passover, evangelicalism, Native American culture, Islamic culture, and Buddhism. Yeah, so a lot of interest-based things they're taking out. And I reckon I've got a I'll rewrite the headline for this. Facebook removes key features that made it a great platform to use for advertising <laughs> in order to prevent discrimination. That's right. So I, I think this is a case of where marketers ruin everything, as Kip Bodner would say. Facebook provided all this power, marketers ruined it, and so now Facebook's got to take it all out again. It's like we're being naughty kids and we're being punished. Anyway, that's the marketing tip of the week. It's actually a rather sad one. But yeah. nonetheless, I think this is important because we're seeing this shift take place and it's how do you adapt to actually making that work for you in your business or the product you're, you know, marketing. Yeah, they take it away. You know, we were, we were trolling through all the latest releases from HubSpot and a lot of them are things, well, not a lot, but some of them are, oh, sunsetting this, taking this out. From this date, we'll be removing this. Yes. So I actually think that's a good thing. I'm annoyed uh, initially when things that I use get taken out, but overall it's a good thing, right? Take out the clutter. Take out the... All about pruning, Craig. Pruning, yeah, that's That's right. right. Streamline. All right. On to our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is to do with parent-child company relationships. Previously, we did speak about this in an episode, but what is different about this is companies in HubSpot can now be assigned to have a parent and a child company. Previously, it could only go one way. And the link between them means that there's no sharing of timeline items. Am I right? Well, I was testing this and so I linked, yeah, a few companies together to be parents and child and companies because I was interested to see, well, two things. One, would you be able to roll up and say from a parent company, see all activity across child companies? And it doesn't seem that you can from my testing, which has not been particularly rigorous, but just what I noticed. And the other thing I noticed is, well, when you leave a note or a, a, uh, an activity against, uh, say, um, a company, you can be prompted to which company and, in fact, which contact is assigned to. And I thought, well, let's say I'm in a child company. I wonder, or a middle company has child and a parent. I was wondering if you could be prompted and it would limit it to those companies, but it doesn't. It doesn't seem to do any kind of refinement for you. So, again, I'm interested in the use case. I wonder how this is used. I can understand, sure, that those hierarchies are out there, but how would a salesperson use this and what value is it? Mm. Like someone's requested Correct. that feature. Exactly. I wonder who's getting a lot of benefit out of That's it. That's right. Anyway, interesting. All right. And there's another one. There is, you would have probably seen a Zoho reports integration. I'm currently testing this on a client site because they've asked me for data that I can't get out of the reporting add-on. And I guess because it's very sales related. So they're looking for a, what contacts and what deals are in a particular stage so they can have those sales conversations. So they literally go through the list of, oh, Craig, Craig's in this list. Okay, what's he doing now? Where is it at? When do we expect him to close, etc. Mm. And yes, you can create a contact view, but then you've got to sort the view by the particular deal stage, which mm. you, can't, you can and can't do in HubSpot. It's not very nice. Yeah, it's very high level HubSpot. I, I'm I'm quite intrigued to see how you get on with this because Zoho Reports actually looks really that's right compelling. Yeah. Uh, but of course, in yeah, the, so in the usage, it's um, we're running. Into that's exactly right. Else. So yeah. I mean, I guess we're we're at the stage where we were able to 
connect to HubSpot CRM, get the data, and now I'm analyzing how we can actually mold that data to get the information yeah. that I need. And, and so for listeners wondering why would they consider Zoho reports, well, I'll tell you what piqued my interest is when they said, oh, you can pull pivot tables. You can Correct. do pivot tables yes. pulling from HubSpot data. I'm like, cool. This could be a pretty big uh, win for a couple of our clients. But exactly. So far, testing, we've run into a few hurdles, haven't we? So That's right. We'll report back <laughs> if we can make that work. It's just not as simple as it ever seems. You know it? what? I think because mine, yeah, mine just won't import the data. Which, yeah, there you go. And, uh, it's just like, have I got too many contacts in my da- in my portal or what's going on? But anyway, we'll see. And you get some very useful error messages that you can't work out. Yeah, like failed. <laughs> <laughs> no reasons why, just failed. Now, Craig, our opinion of the week formulated over dinner here as we had our discussions is all about taking a step back. Yes, and I think this is a good thought exercise. So here's what you should do. Think about your sales process or indeed your marketing process and think about where it was 12 months ago and now and compare it now to where you are now. Yeah. Has there been a big change? Uh, has there been a lot of progress? If so, great, congratulations. And if not, well, why not? Think that through. It could be good reasons, could be bad. But here's a good sign. And we've got one client in this case where they're saying, oh, I'm trying to do this in HubSpot. I can't do it. Oh, I can't. And actually, they're the same client we're talking about. Zoho reports might actually be yep. helpful for some of their reporting requirements. But they're they're hitting walls and they're going, oh, I'm getting a bit frustrated with HubSpot. You know, yep. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. So let's just think back. Where were you a year ago? Oh, we had no process, no That's right. you know, we were, spreadsheets. We were, we were getting and leads. We were doing and, this uh, and no one knew where I was. I was like, okay, let's just take stock because you've actually come a long way in a short space of time. Correct. Congratulations. Because yes. if you've come that far in a year and you're hitting walls with HubSpot now. Pretty impressive. It's a really good sign. Yeah. And I think, um, well, wait till after inbound and there could be some cool announcements coming out that might in fact be, you know, exactly what you need to hear. Yeah. And I think what's interesting here, Craig, is that you realize that I sometimes look at some of the integrations that HubSpot has or connect partners, so we call them. And you go, why? Like, I remember seeing the Zoho and going, why on earth would yeah. another platform like Zoho Reports connect yeah, exactly. to HubSpot? What for? Like, it just makes no sense when I've got a platform that kind of gives me the information I need. There's a reporting add-on. And then I just realized, hang on, there is another case here where someone mm. like one of our clients needs something that's out of the, not in this box and we have to go to another box to collect it. So yeah. it's giving us options about how we can do it, which I'm really grateful for. But you're right. It's like understanding, well, how far have we come, you know? We've gone from this very unsophisticated business to now a very sophisticated business that uses all of these different touch points and data points and marketing touch points and the understanding of who you're marketing to, what your sales team is doing, because that's where a lot of the conversations happening. And I told you, I just had another customer who we speak to said, oh, you need to convince the sales team that we're going to do this. Now, we've been selling marketing to people since when did we convince sales teams? Do you know what I mean? And that's more of the conversation we have today. It's actually sales get involved before we actually even talk to marketing. Yeah, that's and, right. And that's how we're basically... Embrace yourself because it's going to be customer service teams in exactly. the future as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what's happening. Mm, so that's our opinion of the service, week, you know. Yeah. Take that step back, look at where you're at, evaluate what the goal is as well. Because I think the really important thing is that 
it's great having all of this stuff, but really what is it that matters to you? It was like one of our customers, you know, they had the reporting add on. They were like, this is how many visits came to the website, how many visitors came, how many people got converted to contacts. This is where they came from. And then I realized like a year into using HubSpot, they didn't actually care about that. They wanted to know who was paying the money, right? So were people paying money at a particular point to get a tender done? Were they paying money to build a house? That's what mattered. It didn't matter how many people visited the website. It was the money on the board. That's right. (laughs) But that's part of the maturity life cycle, right? right? As you move from traffic up to dollars. And that's what I've seen happen. So great opinion of the week. Now, Craig, onto our podcast of the week. Your call isn't important to us. And Seth Gern talks about customer service and call centers and the decline of customer service in this podcast episode on Akimbo. And I put a link to it because I loved it so much. I, well, it got my attention, I tell you. That's what happened. It got my attention. And then I think I forced you to hear, listen to it, Craig. And I was actually surprised at your reaction, which was This which is very a pleasant. wonderful piece of content. It is. Um, as you know, I'm hit or miss on... Um, Seth Godin, right? Yes. But this hits it out of the park. It's such a well-researched and delivered, Mm. I don't know, how long is it, 10 minutes or something like that? Yeah, and you know what? I mean, how much did you – I learned a stack. I learned learned so much much about customer service and 800 numbers and just – he makes this really good point, which is 0800 numbers and then 1800 numbers became a differentiator initially – and they were a mark of customer service, like serving the customer. Exactly. And then he compares it today to how call centers or, you know, you call a number and you put in a queue and, you know, they say your call is important to us. And it's actually, it's not. It's, you know what he it, said? It's a cost center. Yeah. <laughs> what he said when you, when you just mentioned that, he said, really, there's someone more important in the queue ahead of you. That's right. Therefore, you're going to hold on. That's right. And I went, oh, yeah, that's right. Because they're prioritizing, you know, based on the value of who you are, where you sit in that queue. Yeah, that's right. And I was telling you this because we've been working with different customers. And I remember having this conversation with a customer of mine who didn't have a very big team, but from the day Dot has had this automated answering service, and then you get passed around to basic phones, calls different salespeople, and then they pick up the phone and then already the customers spent probably close to a minute on the phone. Then they're like, oh, hey, this is Craig. And they're like, have to start the whole conversation again. And already I think they're all in a place of like, hang on, I've just been holding on. Heard your music, your spiel, and then I'm getting to this point. I thought, what, what for? Like, what is the reason? It's a terrible thing for society. Uh, my wife had a good point about this and she was... She's written a good, great little blog post. She has written a good blog post, which we've linked to, but we were chatting about this a little while ago and it's kind of like the amount of angst and, well, anger and just negativity that these calls, you know, try and call your bank or your telecom provider or something to get something done or yes. something changed. The amount of ill will that's putting out in society, yeah. I, I don't know how we measure that. Mm. that negative energy that's going out. Like that's actually a, it's a bit of a cancer on society yeah, and, in the name of profits. For, yeah. For, and you, know. you, and you see a lot of services that are doing really well now. It's the people's ability to self-help themselves and to get a result without having to talk to anyone that's actually doing really well. 
Yeah, well, that is true. But someone needs to program that well. Exactly. And just automated yes. tools, they're often, uh, they haven't, exactly. they're not invested in properly. Yeah. And so they become part of the problem. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the week. And this is a, a great bit of content about Google strategy teardown. This is from CV Insights. We love this site, don't we? Yeah, and I, I was going through the article and I was actually really impressed. Even have a look at how they position CTAs within the article, Craig. Yeah, it's very good. But this is, uh, it's a big read, by the way. This is 40, 50 page PDF, which yes. you can download, big article. And it's a Google strategy teardown. So what Google's doing now. So why you might think, oh, why am I interested in that as a listener to this show? Well, it's because Google's doing a lot more than search. And although currently, of course, still most of their revenue comes from search advertising, the fingers are in so many pies and where they're headed, of course, AI was the one that most people would be aware of, but just all these different things that they're doing and their strategy, it's amazing and yeah. massive. And yeah, that's right. You think, oh, just a search engine, so much more. And so interesting stuff, I think, for, well, marketers, but everyone in general. That's right. And you will see this happening across the board and you might hear people talking about it. We're actually moving to a screenless world in terms of what we know as screens and how we interact with them now. Okay, explain. <laughs> so you, you start to get augmented reality and someone come into the, oh, into the I play. See but right. in terms of, you know, you look at the Apple Watch. So still at, visual, but not necessarily on a screen. Exactly. Visual, right, you know, okay. the way we interact with Siri on your iPhone or your Apple devices, <laughs> Google Assistant. Hang on, I've got to stop you there. How you interact with Siri on your phone, that's an exercise in frustration, sure. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, go on. But do you understand what I'm saying? And yeah. I think you're starting to see this and every... Every few months when we go to Google and we, you know, they have Google partner events, they talk about voice search percentage going up and up, you know, in terms of how that's taking place. And I think you will find this is a shift that's taking place as more and more people have voice assistants in their lives and how they interact with it. I think we'll see this massive shift. So, you know, it's a, I think this ties in really well. This article ties in really well with that, you know, understanding what's going on. Cool. Bedtime reading for you there. Quote of the week, Craig, bots don't know trends. And this is one of the speakers at Digital Marketer Down Under. And thanks to Sue Ellen yeah. for highlighting this to yeah, us. Yeah, Sue Ellen uh, mentioned this to me the other day. I thought it was a great quote and I can't remember, sorry, who which speaker it was from Digital Down Under. She did mention who it was. But the point being that we get caught up in automated bots, chatbots, and, you know, it's all going to solve bots everything. Bots over, Craig. Bots don't know trends. Exactly. That needs us. And so looking at a report on what Google's strategy is and where they're going, that's about trends, understanding that kind of stuff. Be educated. Yeah. Your days of manually, you know, answering some chatbot things and not leaving exactly. that to automation rules are over, but understanding where the trends are and what should be included are not. That needs your brains still working on it. And we've got a couple of bonus links. One of them is a Chrome extension of the week, Craig, which is called the Color Pick Eyedropper. And this is great if you want to find out colors on a website. Thank you for this. You just put me onto this tonight. Thank you. Massive time saver. And another one is from Crazy Egg, and this is about UI design mistakes. So this is 10 common user interface design mistakes that are killing your conversion rate. I read this and I thought, oh, I wonder whether I'm doing any of this. And it's really well laid out and it's a good read. So I definitely read that. Because we don't want to be killing our conversion rate. You know what we want to be doing? Hashtag, Hashtag crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that really hashtag crushing it note, Sorry. we'd love you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
And we'd love you to join our Facebook group and be a part of the community. Please rate and leave us some feedback as this helps us improve and reach more marketers. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.